0: According to St. John, chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both are running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in and at the strips of the linen lying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary? She turned towards him, and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciple with the news, i have seen the lord and she told him that he had said this thing to her this is the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ amen
1: christ is risen the message of the four gospels is jesus was raised from the dead Therefore, Jesus truly is the Messiah, the anointed one, the one looked for by God's people, promised by God to save his people. Therefore, Jesus truly is Lord of the universe. And therefore, we, you and I, have a job to do. New creation has been launched and we are agents of new creation. The New Testament is not primarily concerned with how we might have eternal life, as important as that is. That is all within the context of new creation. We do not just remember what Jesus has done for us. We live in the light of what Jesus has done for us. We live out his agenda in our everyday life as agents of new creation. And today I want to encourage you what that means for you and I. On Friday, Good Friday, we heard from the writer to the Hebrews how Jesus knew what it was to be tempted to give up on obeying God. Chapter 5, verse 7, reminded us that during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Take this cup away from me, but not your will, but mine be done. Not my will, but yours be done and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Even though he was the Son of God, he learnt obedience through what he suffered. As Matthew and Mark record to the point of crying out to God, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, suffering to the point of death? This morning, as I said, is the opportunity for us to reflect on what it means to live as agents of the new creation. What that means by reflecting from the perspective of one woman, Mary Magdalene. Mary, who wept at the tomb. Who knew what it was. To cry out to God. To reflect what that meant for her on the first Easter day. To live as an agent of new creation. Mary Magdalene doesn't feature in John's Gospel until her appearance with the other Marys at the foot of the cross. John has told us nothing of her history. The little we know we know from other Gospels. In Luke chapter 8, she's one of a group of women whom the other Gospel writers don't mention until much later, until in fact they turn up at the foot of the cross, lend a hand with the burial, and then are the first at the tomb. Luke tells us Jesus and his disciples are accompanied by various women who'd been healed from evil spirits and diseases. Mary, who was called Magdalene, I'm not sure which saint this uh, church is named after, whether it's Mary the mother of God or whether it's Mary Magdalene, but for this morning we'll believe it's Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward and Susanna and many others. They looked after the needs of Jesus and his companions out of their own pockets. So these women, including Mary Magdalene, have been healed. More than that, they've done the unthinkable. They've left home and family and chosen to accompany Jesus and his followers on the road from place to place looking after their needs and doing so, moreover, out of their own pockets. It would have been as shocking from a first century Palestinian point of view as the story of the woman letting her hair down and kissing Jesus' feet. Maybe Mary Magdalene was the unnamed woman and that's why Luke tells the two incidents close together. We can imagine people thinking, who are these people following Jesus? But we can also imagine Jesus thinking of them as people in whose hearts and lives the word had had its effect. People who were already bearing fruit, putting life, reputation and property at the disposal of his kingdom movement. As I said in John's Gospel, we know nothing of her history, but her place in this Gospel is spectacular. She is the first Apostle, the Apostle to the Apostles, the first to bring the news that the tomb is empty, and then a greater privilege yet, the first to see, to meet, to speak with the risen Master himself. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. Why do we go to the graves of people we have lost? We go to lay flowers, to remember, to try and hold on, to seek some connection. Some comfort. Mary was most probably trying to remember, recapture all that Jesus had done and said. All that he had meant to her. Why did Mary go to the tomb in the middle of the night? We're not told. But one thing is for sure. She was not expecting the resurrection. That is why when Mary Magdalene came to the tomb in the dark and saw that the stone had been removed, she ran to Peter and the others with the news that Jesus' body had been stolen. What other possible explanation could there be for an empty tomb? And so the men run to see for themselves. They're running to see if the body had been stolen. It was the sight of the cloths that revealed to them what was otherwise unthinkable. No grave robber would stop to unwrap the winding sheet. Jesus' body had simply passed through them. Something extraordinary has happened. Mary still doesn't understand. She stands outside the tomb weeping. And then she looks in and sees two angels who ask her, why is she crying? They have taken away my home, my husband, my children, my rights my dignity, my hopes, my life. They have taken away my master. The world's grief, Israel's grief, concentrated in Mary's grief. And she turns around and sees someone whom she intuit, intuitively thinks is the gardener. Wrong on one level, yet right on another. This is the new creation. Jesus is the beginning of it. Remember Pilate on Good Friday. Here is the man. Here he, he is, the new Adam, the gardener, charged with bringing the chaos of God's creation into new order, into flower, into fruitfulness. He has come to uproot the thorns and thistles, the pain, and replace them with blossoms and harvest. Jesus said to her, Mary, it's greeting, consolation, gentle rebuke, Come on, don't you know me? An invitation all rolled into one. Of course we know him. Of course we don't know him. He is the same. He's different. He is alive with a new sort of life, the like of which we have never seen before. Something extraordinary has happened. This passage also gives us a moment when it becomes clear to the careful reader of John's Gospel that something extraordinary has taken place. Not only to Jesus, though that's extraordinary enough, but to the way the world is, the way God is, and the way God and his disciples now are. See, up to this point, Jesus has spoken about God as the Father or the father who sent me, or my father. He's called his followers disciples, servants, even friends. Now all that has changed. Feel the force of verse 17 when Jesus says to Mary, But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Something has altered decisively. Something has been achieved. A new relationship has sprung to life like a sudden spring flower. The disciples are welcomed into a new world, a world where they can know God the way Jesus knew God. Where they can be intimate children with their Father. Everyone who follows Jesus is a beloved son or daughter. But Jesus also says to Mary in verse 17, Do not hold on to me, do not cling to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. Don't cling. Jesus is warning Mary that the new relationship with him was not going to be like the old one. He wouldn't be going around Galilee and Judea anymore, walking with them, sharing regular meals, discussing, talking, praying. They would see him now and then, but soon it would be time for him to go to the Father, as he has said over and over again in chapters 14 to 17 of John, Don't cling to me, don't try to keep me, to possess me. We heard on Friday, Hold fast to the faith you profess. Approach the throne of grace. And yet that does not mean to cling on to Jesus in a way that means you do not change or grow. See as we draw near to God, that is turn to God, pray to God, depend on God, rest in God in whatever life brings, whatever life brings, whatever this year brings, through Jesus our great high priest, a priest forever as we draw near our relationship with Jesus our faith will deepen and grow in the power of his spirit. we will be enabled to be his agents in the world see mary she's not upset by jesus words she doesn't feel it as a rebuff she has business at hand once again she is the apostle to the apostles i've seen the lord and this is what he said nothing like fresh first-hand evidence and it still counts today. If someone in the first century had wanted to invent a story about people seeing Jesus, they would not have dreamed of giving the star part to a woman, let alone Mary Magdalene. Yet Mary is modelling what it means to live in the light of the resurrection Live in the light of new creation. She is modelling what it means to be an agent of new creation. Easter is only the beginning. The Gospel of Mark brings it out in another way. See, if you read the Gospel of Mark, it ends abruptly with the women fleeing from the tomb in terror and amazement and saying nothing to anyone because they're afraid. A very peculiar way to end a gospel and actually some additional verses were added later but most interpreters now believe that Mark really meant to conclude it the way he did it's a strange ending and it's a sad ending the women also do what the men have done with them too the seed seems to have fallen on rocky ground they're afraid and their faith too falls short. Like the men They've followed Jesus and served him on the long way from Galilee to Jerusalem. They've heard him speaking his words in the synagogues and people's houses, a new teaching with authority. From his hands they've received the bread and the fish that he shared with Jewish people and pagans. They saw his concern for the sick, his love of children. They know that he ordered demons to be silent and still the storm. They know the parables he said and did, sharing meals with the least of people. They also know of the hatred he provoked, of his denial by his friends his fear in the garden his silence before his judges his crucifixion and his burial but only the women have learned from the young man in white that nothing could separate the son of man from the love of god and that also is true for his followers how is it all to go on if even the women now drop out there's no one left to pass on what happened apparently Mark stops to make us his readers ask this question and then to suggest to us that the women are not the only ones to receive this report on high. We have two. The Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of John, the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew. See, the Gospel writers want us sitting and reading this story, now to follow Jesus and into Galilee. And that will take us to Jerusalem, where we share in Jesus' life, death and resurrection. It's about making sure we don't just shut the book and go on with the order of the day. No, the gospel of Jesus The story of Jesus does not stop with the empty tomb. We must not shut the book, but open it again at the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. We must go back to Galilee. The Son of Man is going before us in true humanity. We must follow him on this way as sons and daughters of God our Father, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as agents of new creation. And the empty tomb Mary Magdalene discovers tells us that this way is no dead end. It is the way to life. Christ is risen. He is risen. Indeed, and let's stand to sing.